Okay, welcome to Deep Spirituality. We're on the the eve of uh, teen camp summer. A lot of people around the country, a lot of people around the world that uh, go to churches that are connected to spiritual organizations have summer camps. I have a good friend of mine who runs a huge summer camp in Michigan. It's a really big-time camp for kids. Uh, and, uh, a lot of us, I know I belong to a church that runs a great summer camp and, uh, got a couple of people here who actually work in that camp today, Rhett Snell, whose grandfather played at UCLA basketball for a little bit under Wooden and Kiara Marquez, who I don't think her grandfather was on the same team, Nope. but, uh, that's okay. He probably played soccer, which is okay with me. (laughs) And then, uh, and then you got, uh, the, 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 uh, our producer, Nathan Schaffernoff, who's here. Glad to be here. Who has multiple golf people in his family. Uh, pro baseballers. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Pro baseballers, too. Mm-hmm. We have golfers, too. You have golfers and baseballers. Collegiate golfers, pro baseballers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. I'm, 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 I'm baseball. It's all baseball on my end. No, no, actually, baseball and football, because yeah. my cousin played for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. So I guess I got baseball and football. But on, both, on either side of the family. Anyway, I digress, don't I? Uh, it's great to have them here. But going back to the summer. Do you remember? Do you guys remember when you were uh, what you did for the summers when you were in, when you were in high school? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What'd you do? Well, I oh in high school I did I did worked, but growing up it was a lot of camps. Like I used to go a lot of camps or work at camps cool. though too. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I worked at a water park uh, every did you summer. Really? Yeah, that was like the highlight of the summer every year. What, what do you remember when? It, how long did it last? All summer? Uh, yeah, yeah. It started in May and went through September, almost to October. I did that for like five years in a row. <laughs> All I wanted to do was play basketball in the summer. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I literally started the summer. I was like, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. I just want to get better at playing basketball. So I was in the gym like as much as I could be in the gym. So that was my summers. Before that, we did all kinds of stuff. Summer is a fun time. Mm-hmm. Uh, spiritually, do you guys do anything different for the summers? Do you look at the summers differently or do you go into them with any kind of a mindset? Uh, I didn't before. Now, since we've started working with teenagers, I've kind of started to think more, okay, I got to get prepared because there's a lot of free time and there's a lot of activity. But also I get excited because I'm like, there's more things, there's more availability and more things we can go do. We can go hang out at the beach together, go take longer drives, hang out, watch movies late because there's not school to get to or all these other activities in the way. All right. What about you? I mean, I don't know. I guess I kind of think about it because we work with high schoolers. Summer is kind of like a spiritual glow up. Like you can kind of redo yourself. It's almost like a it is sort of like a new year before you kind of go into the new academic year. And what are the things that you want to grow in? Like I I can see that personally for myself. Like how do I really want to grow? How can I change and how can I help these kids change, though, to get their goals? Well, you know, a lot of people during off season in sports and, and during break times in college, they look at it, it either a chance to relax and unwind from a lot of stress or to get better. Mm-hmm. And that's the approach I had for a lot of time. I still do this. Um, when the summer comes and uh, and uh, what our producers call this is the summer of freedom mm-hmm. because we're going to be focusing on freedom and talking about it a lot uh, because of its importance biblically and what it really means. Uh, but I remember spending a lot of time as a, a young Christian trying to figure out how to do better. And so I would set goals every summer because I wasn't in class because I became a Christian as a college student. I wasn't in class. And so I worked a job, but I had more free mind time, free mm-hmm. mental time. Because when you're in college, sometimes your mind can't rest because you're always thinking about an assignment mm-hmm. or, or something you want to be a part of or do. 
But the summer kind of slows it down, calms it down, and I could actually think about that. So I'd, I would sit down and, and make goals. And if you're out there, before we get started, maybe think about, you know, not, not setting performance goals where you're going to be stressed out, but getting a vision for, uh, this is what I've been working on. What's the one thing, my name is Rush Yule, by the way, what's the one thing that if I change that one thing, it would change every other thing in my life? Mm. And I got that from a book years ago. I forgot which one it was, but it's a really important thing. So you may go, hey, if I change my, you know, prayer life, would that change everything else? If I change my uh, uh, Bible study life, for me, I sat down and said, if I can change how I handle my emotions, mm-hmm. I think it would change everything else. So this summer, in the summer of freedom, you're really trying to get to a point where you can break free of something. That's what we want to guide you to. And when you look on the deep uh, spirituality site, you're going to begin to see a lot of things about freedom, breaking free, uh, breaking away, getting loose, getting unstuck. And instead of being discouraged, thinking, hey, wait a minute, I don't need to be discouraged. I can take some action. I can get free. In James, John chapter 5, it says sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. So he was stuck mm-hmm. and not by his own choice or decision. Yeah. If we assume that he was born with some kind of disability or it happened early in his life, he had been in this condition for 38 years. So he was completely stuck. And a lot of times I know we don't always realize that I've thought about a lot for myself is we get stuck. And one of the things we want to talk about today is what do you do when you get stuck? Well, you want to break free, right? Mm -hmm. Usually. That's what you want to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever had a a container with a a top on it and you're trying to get it off, but it was stuck? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and you couldn't get it off? What do you do? I asked my roommate to try to open it. <laughs> you hand it to somebody yeah. else and uh, say, tap it, tap it on the counter. <laughs> okay, <laughs> tap it on the counter. All right, run it underwater. Do you ever yeah. do that one? Run it underwater. Oh, yeah, yeah. Run it underwater. And, and, and get, a, get, a, get a screwdriver or something. Yeah. And try to pop it and uh-huh. break the seal. Yeah. You're trying to get it unstuck. Yeah. So think about this guy is frustrated because he's passed the jar to about 38 friends <laughs> and none of them have been able to open it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever reached a point where you just can't open it and you're like, okay, let me just go open another one. Have you ever done that? No. Cause I only bought one jar. You only bought one jar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just won't okay. use it. <laughs> All right. I don't use it and just go yeah. off and say, okay, I won't eat that. Yep. All right. So he was that stuck. If you're out there and you feel stuck, whether you're a teenager, a middle schooler, a young adult, married kids, no kids, married, um, divorced, separated, uh, problems with emotional health, problems with physical health, uh, all very tough things. Maybe you're facing some kind of a diagnosis that's overwhelming and you feel stuck and you feel like, what's the point? This summer is a summer of being able to get free from mm-hmm. all that, being able to see possibilities in the midst of all those problems, possibilities in that stuckness. And what happened for this young man or older man? 38 years of of pain, he met Jesus. And that's just a powerful thing. A lot of people don't understand. 
just getting to meet Jesus. In verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? You know, it's very rare that someone would go up to someone with a disability of 38 years and say, do you want to get well? It's implied that everybody wants to get better. But Jesus didn't assume he wanted to get better. He said, I need to know if you want to get better. Because some people like being stuck. Have you ever been in a point in your life where you guys have wanted to, you know, hey, I'm glad I'm stuck. I'm going to stay here. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a complacency in being stuck or like there's like, ah, this is just, it is how it is, you know. Um, I was kind of feeling that with my back issues that are going on. I'm like, man, it's like last 20% of like getting 100% healed. Yeah. It's like, I'm just, this is how it's going to be. Rest right. of my life, pain every day. Right. You know, like you almost become like, um, whatever, just, yeah, stuck in that, in that mindset. Right. How about you guys? Ever been stuck and been like, hey, I'm done. I'm not even going to try to get unstuck. Yeah. I, mean, I can I, live with it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, relationally though, too, with my roommates, like I've been awful roommate many many times and i've lived with like the same person for like six years and uh and it's easy to just be like well this is just who i am like and i want people to accept me and almost feel bad for me and it's like if i feel if i feel (laughs) like i'm stuck then no one's gonna push me or expect anything else so i've definitely enjoyed it and just been like well all right this is just who i am and i can feel bad for myself or want other people to feel bad about it well and they Uh, should accept you right yeah i mean I don't know. Like, uh, you know, so sometimes it's not people shouldn't accept it. Yeah, like there's things it, about us we need to change. Definitely, yeah. Because yeah, a lot of us, I think, want, hey, Jesus Christ accepted everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, he accepted them, but that didn't mean he was going to leave them. Mm-hmm. This guy, he accepts. There's no sense of rejection. Yeah, yeah. definitely. He just walks up, and says, "Okay, cool. You've been in this condition for a long time. You want to get well." Yeah. He didn't go, you're a dirtbag because you don't want to get well, or you're a dirtbag because you're a disabil- dis- person with disabilities. And what's amazing is in the Bible, how many people with disabilities there are. I think yeah. it's one of the untold stories of the Bible. It's how easy it is to gloss over the fact that time and again, he's dealing with people who have a sickness, a disease, pain, an inability, an inadequacy. He's dealing with them all the time. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Deep Spirituality YouTube channel. If you're like me and you enjoy watching rather than reading, you're going to love the Deep Spirituality YouTube channel. Every week, brand new videos are published to share what we're learning in hopes a creative approach will help you grow your walk with God. Head over to deepspirituality.net to check out the latest videos on our homepage. Or you can find us on YouTube. Just search Deep Spirituality. While you're there, make sure to click the subscribe button for the channel and ring the bell icon next to it so you'll be notified every time we publish a new video. Again, that's Deep Spirituality on YouTube. Now back to the show. So I remember when I was in high school, I wanted to impress my friends who had been a blizzard. A couple of them came, knocked on the door, said, hey, you want to go to the hangout at so-and-so's house? So I said, yeah. So we all walked in the snow, snowball fight, all the way there. It's a couple couple of streets down because we lived near each other. Got there. I was drenched. I was so wet, you know, from all that. And I said, man, I'm going to go home. I'm Because I was sitting there. We were playing games. And I'm like, this is terrible. I'll go home. I'm going to get the car and come back. They said, you, you don't want to drive the car. I said, they plowed the streets, so we'll be okay. And my mom had a, an Oldsmobile Tornado, front-wheel drive, a car that could really get through the snow. So I jumped in the, got home, changed my clothes real quick, got in the car, drove it home, and I, and I thought it would impress my friends that I was picking them up and driving them. You know, you always want to drive. Hey, there you go. And so I get in there, we play more games, and I say, hey, I'll give you a ride home. You know, and there are a couple of people that, 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 that it came to my door, so I'll give you a ride home. So I drove them home, felt really cool, pulled in the driveway, and as I pulled in the driveway, I got stuck because the roads had been plowed, but not my driveway. Oh, 
So I got stuck in it and I was like, oh man, I'm stuck. I can't get in the, I can't get in the garage. So I said, I'll leave it here and then I'll, you know, snow melt tomorrow morning and I'll be able to get it out. Well, it snowed even more. (laughs) Oh gosh. I wake up, I come upstairs and my parents go, what did you do last night taking the car out? I said, well, I thought I could get back in. They said, well, we think you're going to go back out there and you're going to shovel that until you get that car and stuff. I was out there digging and digging and digging and digging, and I could not get out. And then my next door neighbor, Mr. Jefferson, come on, Mr. Jefferson. came out of the house and said, Russ, <laughs> this is not good. He said, I'm going to help you out. But what you did was not good. And he brought over his snowblower. There you go. Nice. And plowed through that snow, and I was free. I couldn't get it unstuck alone. Yeah. And a lot of the problem when we get stuck is we want to get unstuck on our own power and our own ability. Mm-hmm. True. So yeah. Jesus said, do you want to get well? Mm-hmm. In verse 7, Sir, the enemy replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. There's a lot of ways to look at this. But the one way we want to look at it today is how do you get help getting unstuck? And you know what I think you got to do? You got to be willing to have conversations. You got to have conversations. What did Jesus and this man have? He had a conversation. That's exactly right. (laughs) He went up and he started a conversation because he asked a question. That's exactly right. And so if you're at a camp this summer and you're maybe working with kids or maybe you're in your church and you're in a, you're in a, you're in a small group, you got to ask, how do we help each other change? How do we help each other grow? How do we help each other get unstuck? You got to start with a question. Do you want to get well? Well, how do you manage that? How do you manage that question? To me, there's three answers to the question. Do you want to get well? It comes down to three words, truth, resistance, and change. So when Jesus says, do you want to get well? Or you're sitting in a group, someone says, hey, do you want to get well? You got one of three answers you got to give. Now you can say nothing, which is a choice, Yeah. but we're not going to discuss that one today because we assume most of you listening are people who want to grow, want to get unstuck, want to do something great this summer, want a summer of freedom. There you go. Okay. And so what happens? First of all, when someone says, hey, it looks like you're stuck or you admit you're stuck, you do one of three things. Tell the truth, stop resisting, or make a change. And so you want to sit down and you want to say, look, I don't have to be perfect, but I have to make a decision. So when I sit down and I look at my life and I'm sitting in a group and we're discussing things, what you're always trying to get to is not I need to make a change today, not I need to stop resisting today. You want to have a conversation and say, you know what? My decision is I'm going to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. For some of us telling the truth is I'm going to say, you know what? I'm stuck. I'm going to admit I'm stuck. For others of us, we know we're stuck, Mm -hmm. but we don't want anybody to help us and we don't want to talk about it. We got to decide I'm going to stop resisting. I'm going to stop resisting help. And three, some of us are going to be ready. We're going to hear it. and We're going to be like, you know what? I'm in this group. I love this group. I want to make a change. Tell me how to make a change. And so when you guys look at those three points of decision-making and you think about having a conversation with an individual or a group, how would you tackle that? What would you do? How do you help them get to a point where they can make those decisions? Who's helped you get to a point where you could make decisions like this? Any thoughts, any ideas? 
The first thing that come, comes to mind, as and I'm definitely no no pro at this, but I think sharing first about decisions that, that we've made, like at the camp, if you're leading the group, it's it's sharing about, okay, what are decisions that I've had to make Good. and how did I make them? Right. You know, that's something that, that resonates with me a lot because over my time being a Christian, I, I've had to make a, a lot of decisions that yeah. I feel like were, were pretty tough. Uh-huh. And luckily, I had friends who sat down with me. They did Bible studies with me. They told me about how to right. make decisions. And they said, hey, like you have to consider God when you make this decision. And so then they taught me, I guess. They taught and me how they, to make a did decision. They, did they uh, encourage you incrementally? Because sometimes, sometimes what it is is it feels like you have to change everything yeah. all at once. But did they kind of... Did you no, ever reach a point where someone said, okay, Rhett, you know what? You've done a great thing. You've told the truth. We're not going to worry about making a change. It's success to tell the truth. Did you ever have that experience? Uh, I would say, yeah, to a point where it was too much. And then eventually it was kind of like, okay, Rhett, it's time to make a real decision now. Okay, because so, we've been so, helping so you along here. it sounds like they got you telling the truth. You reached yeah. that stage where you were like, I want to get unstuck. And you told them, hey, here's all the stuff going on in my head. Here's what's frustrating me. Here's all the things going on. Here's the, you know, all that. And then you then you wanted to stay in the tell the truth stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, hey, this truth is <laughs> <laughs> good, man. I'm liking I'll stay this. stuck here. Get some appointments, lunches, hang out, just talk truth. Uh-huh. And they said, you know what? You're kind of resisting here, Rhett. You're resisting by telling the truth, right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we could be at that stage where you tell the truth. You say, I want to get unstuck. And you go, here's how I'm stuck. And you describe how you're stuck for like six days. This is the way I'm stuck. This very how it feels vividly, to be st- very nice. You paint a picture for him. You yeah, know? exactly, exactly. <laughs> that. You victimize yourself. You yes. know, exactly. I'm so stuck, and oh, this man. is who got me stuck, right? It'd be, it'd be like me I'll when I the got culprit. the car stuck in the blizzard going, if it hadn't been for my friends, I would have never needed the car. If they hadn't come by my house and asked me to go out, I would have yeah. never got the car stuck. And a lot of times we want to just go in that truth so far. But someone's got to say, wait a minute, you've crossed over from telling the truth to resistance. You now have told the truth, but you don't wanna you don't wanna move forward. So you gotta make the second decision you gotta stop resisting. So if you're if you reach the point where you're telling the truth, that's really good. Many applause. But you can't Rhett's saying you can't stay there the whole time. And some of us have made a professional life. I've done this before out of telling the truth. I'm gonna tell you all the truth. Can we meet again? I'm gonna tell you more truth. Then I'm gonna tell you the truth of feeling. Right? I can tell you with feeling and then with accusation about other people who hurt me. But at some point, you got to move past the truth telling stage to the stop resisting stage. You got to re- stop resisting change and get into that. You know what? I'm telling you, but I'm resisting change. What's on your mind, Kiara? What are you thinking? Uh, just to go back to like the three decisions after like the get well part, I was yeah. just going to say, like, I think also approaching it with outputting pressure on someone, mm-hmm. though, too, because I am I'm pretty. Um, like I put a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah. Like I, I get very distracted. I'm like, everything needs to change. So even approaching the summer, I'm like, here are the top 10 things I need to change, right. which sets me up for failure. Yeah. Um, and no freedom, <laughs> but right. no but freedom, <laughs> <laughs> failure, not freedom. Exactly. Yeah. The other, but, um, but I think like even at camp or having conversations, like we're, it's, it's okay to be where you're at meeting whoever you're trying to help change. Like Jesus, Jesus met the man where he was at, which he was just on a mat yep. and that's fine good so meeting the teen or person or friend wherever they're at and being like this is okay but sticking with them like how can we get you to go through like those three things that you're talking to Rhett about you know like let's tell the truth okay let's just be here for a while you know it's okay if this yeah. is just where you're at and that's that would be huge for some people like for me i get stuck on the first one i'm like i just need to tell the truth and admit who i really am right i needed somebody to 
like be okay with that yes. <laughs> and, and help encourage me to be in that spot to even give me the faith or the courage to go to the second part and just you know wanting to change wanting the help yeah and in, so. in, in a sense you're talking about that's the acceptance yeah you know, the acceptance is saying it's a big deal for you to tell the truth yeah now one of the things i think you're implying as well is that when you're working with people that are younger or aren't used to making a lot of complex decisions the key word is simplicity mm-hmm. so I, I talk to a lot of people who run small groups in churches or work with people in churches and they they sometimes get confused about what produces change if I'm filled with anxiety, if I'm filled with fear, then even if I want to change, I won't be able to change if you overwhelm me with complexity. Yeah. So the more decisions, you mentioned the top 10 things, the more decisions you make a person, force a person to make, the harder it is to change. So let's take a camp, right? At a typical camp, you go, you're part of a cabin, you're part of a small group in the cabin, you have activities that you do, you have some type of spiritual input, whether it's teaching or movie or whatever that you see. You have conversations along the way. Some conversations are just general friendship conversations. Other conversations are a little bit more pointed or a little bit more, have a little bit more intention and and they're trying to get you to learn something or think about something. And so for most kids that are heading into summer, and, and done with school, they're, they're, they, they want to be done with complexity. They don't want to be thinking about the six classes and the homework and the test. And so sometimes if we hit kids with multiple decisions, multiple issues, they get overwhelmed and they appear as though they don't want to change, but they're really overwhelmed. So part of, I know in, in one of the camps we're, we're working with, they're, they're adding chill time. And mm-hmm. sometimes with a camp counselor can think chill times is a waste of time. Chill time. This isn't helping someone get faith. But the reality matter is it's clearing their head so they actually can think about God or Mm -hmm. think about the Bible. Sometimes kids really want to do it. But as Kara was saying, every time they hear a message or read a book or do a devotional, they see 10 things they need to change. And what we want to do in working with the kids is say, no, there's really only one thing you need to change. Mm -hmm. You just need to make one key decision. Do I want to tell the truth? Do I want to stop resisting? Or do I want to make a change? And then you want to settle into that spot for a little bit. And then as Rhett said, once you've exhausted one category, <laughs> maybe you want to move on to the next one. But a lot of times what happens with camp counselors at the camps is they want to hit a home run. They want yeah. to get them, make a change. Well, if I haven't told the truth yet, I can't make a change. Yeah. And so freedom. What is it going to be about this summer? It's going to be about the opportunity to get unstuck. And so if you're out there and you're going to be working particularly as Rhett and Kiara are going to be working with teenagers, be thinking about creating an environment where kids can relax, clear their mind, not be overwhelmed with all these decisions. Even keep lunch simple. Don't say, do you want to go get spaghetti? Do you want to eat pizza? Do you want a salad? Do you want a hamburger? Just get the hamburger. That's mm-hmm. the one. Just go get the hamburger and eliminate the Make decisions. it simple. I think it, to add what you're saying, you need time to process the truth. That's it. Whatever truth that you heard, that's it. You process it to then simplify it yes. for yourself. Yes. That, I get overwhelmed. Hey, man, I get overwhelmed with all the decisions and things I need to make. Yep. Helps me to process, simplify, and then know like what's the one truth that I can like focus on and like go after. Absolutely, you know? mm-hmm. absolutely. So just to make a point, the Golden State Warriors, people hate on Steph Curry. One of the things they don't understand about Steph Curry, he's one of the most extraordinary decision makers. This guy's decision-making processing skill is amazing. 
Am I going to shoot the three? Am I going to shoot it off the dribble? Am I going to shoot it off reception of a pass? Once I've done that, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to set a pick. Am I going to go to the corner? Am I going to – I mean, the amazing. it's amazing how fast the decision-making is. Most people aren't Steph Curry. Yeah. <laughs> including James Harden. Yeah. Most people aren't Steph Curry. There's only one in the world. <laughs> There's only one. And people need to start owning up to the fact that at minimum he's in the top 25 all time. I just wanted to add that for some of my friends who didn't like my comments about Steph Curry last time and thought, <laughs> no, Steph Curry is not the one who revolutionized basketball. He is. If you made it this far in the podcast, then know that all summer long, we're going to be talking about freedom. We hope you'll join us in getting unstuck. Visit deepspirituality.net to be able to get more articles or subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate and review the show. Five stars. We haven't asked you to do that, but we've been listening to Jalen and Jacoby, and they always ask people to go and do that and help us out. So help us out by going and rating and reviewing the show. Five stars will help us out a lot. And share about the show on Facebook or any of the social media platforms if it helps you out. We appreciate your listening. Have a great freedom summer. <laughs>